skeptical about custom beauty, honestly, y'all, I totally get it. My feed is flooded with customize this and personalize that, all promising, you know, to fix all of our beauty, hair, and skin problems. Truthfully, I was so skeptical when I saw this brand, but I'm a total believer now. When pros says custom, they actually mean it. Their products are no gimmicks, and your formula couldn't exist without you. Each and every bottle of Pro's custom hair care and skin care is made to order and personalized with unique blends of naturally powerful and proven effective ingredients to meet your needs. Their in-depth consultation analyzes over 80 factors for a complete view of your life and beauty goals. And they get personal. Pro's covers everything from your concerns to diet, exercise, and stress levels to uncover what's impacting your hair and skin health. Did you know, for example, that Minneapolis has like weirdly hard water, which apparently was affecting my hair. So like some of the ingredients that they put into my hair care was to like deal with the fact that we have hard water. Wow. I love that. They also asked me things like, you know, because I have had a baby recently, like, am I still breastfeeding? What are my hair goals? And I also really appreciated they asked like, how much effort do you want to put into your hair? Yeah, <laughs> because like I'm at the point, you know, I used to let, yeah, I used to do those, you know, put effort into my appearance, but now it's like, I just want to be able to walk out of the door without feeling self-conscious. Um, I, this is truly such a genuine endorsement. So I've really enjoyed using these products. But don't just take our word for it. In a third-party, double-blind, dermatologist-supervised control clinical trial, this is like the gold standard of all of these trials, Pros proved that personalization works better than off-the-shelf alternatives. Try it for yourself and get your healthiest hair in 30 days or your money back. Pros is so confident that you'll love your results that they're offering our listeners an exclusive trial offer so you can see the difference custom care can make. 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash justbreakup. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash justbreakup for your free consultation and 50% off your one-of-a-kind formulas, pros.com slash justbreakup. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Welcome to Just Break Up, the podcast about love, heartbreak, and all the relationship advice you don't want to hear. My name is Sierra DeMolder. And I'm Sam Blackwell. And today we're going to answer a letter from somebody who is wondering how to expand his prospects without settling. But before we begin, we just want to give you our Surgeon General's warning, which is that Sierra and I are not licensed mental health practitioners. Oh, we definitely are not. <laughs> we are not <laughs> professionals. We are not trained in any of this. So please um, take our advice as you see fit. We're only here to offer our humble musings to hopefully shed some understanding and maybe some laughs about the incredibly rewarding but mostly confusing experience that is love. All right, let's get into today's letter. So this letter comes from Romantically Challenged, whose pronouns are he, him, who is writing from the post-apocalyptic wasteland that is singleness. Hi, Sam and Sierra. Thanks for reading my letter, assuming it gets chosen. I've enjoyed listening to the podcast for a few years now, but never felt like I had anything to write in about. Recently, though, 
I had yet another talking stage end and it brought back up some old insecurities. So I met this girl, we'll call her Anna, at a bar we both frequent and we seemed to hit it off. I eventually asked her out and after our date, I got a text from her telling me how much she enjoyed it and that she hoped to do it again sometime. I was definitely feeling the same way. However, after postponing our second date a few times, she eventually told me that she wasn't looking for a relationship. It was a bummer, but that's life. I saw her a couple of weeks later and we spoke briefly. And even though it wasn't that awkward, it still hurt to be reminded of how hard I'd fallen for her only to feel like I had the rug pulled out from under me again. For context, I've had a lot of difficulty dating. I grew up in a conservative religious household and sex was almost never spoken about with anything other than shame. But even in that environment, I still managed to lag behind my peers in terms of romantic and sexual experiences. Even after leaving religion, I still didn't have my first kiss or sexual experience with a woman until I was 26. I'm 28 now. I've also struggled to know when to pursue romantic relationships. I feel like I can read people fairly well, except when it comes to discerning between friendliness and flirtation. I tend to err on the side of assuming people aren't interested, though, because it hurts to be wrong. That's why this Mm. latest disappointment hurts so much. I've had disappointments like this in the past and I'm better at dealing with them now, but it's still demoralizing because again, I thought she liked me. Now to my actual question. My therapist said maybe I should expand my dating prospects a bit to include people who I don't necessarily quote fall for immediately. She gave me the suggestion after I mentioned that sometimes dating leagues feel real because Anna was very attractive, just like other women Mm. I've recently had crushes on. But how am I supposed to know when expanding my prospects is different from settling? In my most recent relationship, I did expand my prospects a bit and ended up breaking my ex's heart after breaking up with her because I never felt as attracted to her as she was to me. There were other reasons, but that was a big one. It's hard to not get the feeling sometimes that a, quote, good, true love is out of reach for me. I don't think I'm particularly unattractive, and I don't think I'm overly choosy in who I choose to date. Unless, am I? I don't know. Sorry this is so long. I've had a hard time putting it into words, but I'd love some feedback. Am I doomed to a lifetime of unrequited crushes? How do I know if I'm being too picky with who I go out with? Thanks. All right, my darling. Thank you for listening, for trusting us with this letter. Um, You are not doomed. Um, It makes sense to me that you're feeling insecurity. Like this is another one of those, of course, moments where, you know, we are fed a bunch of lies about what romance is and sexuality and, uh, you know, attraction should feel and look like. And we're also fed a bunch of BS about like appropriate timelines. Mm. Um, So it makes sense to me that you've like, received all that conditioning from you know our culture and now you're feeling insecure because you feel behind and you feel like um maybe this is a pattern i'm here to tell you that you're not doomed this isn't a pattern of rejection that you Mm -hmm. see it's just a happenstance Mm -hmm. um it's really easy to find patterns in things that um hurt us my my biggest refrain internally is like a negative, of course, you know, it's like Sam's nice. (laughs) Of course you're feeling stressed. Of course you're feeling insecure. Sierra's version of that is like, of course you didn't get X, Y, and Z because you're a dumb X, Y, and Z. (laughs) (laughs) Uh Yeah. A perversion of the, of of Sam's, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Anyway, this is a long winded intro. Um, 
I just wanted to start with that, um, that there's no there's no like cosmic pattern here that is mm. proof that you're going to be doomed to singleness forever. Um, we're going to get into that. We're also going to get into maybe some musings about what settling or opening your quote horizons would be, um, how to deal with the discomfort of singleness in a culture that reveres connection and partnership. Um but mostly we're, we hope to make you feel good about yourself. Uh, but first, we have to take a very quick break. All right, y'all know that Sam and I record every single episode of Just Break Up virtually. So I literally see this beautiful person on Zoom like multiple times a week. And every time Sam pops up into Zoom, I comment on their outfit. And I swear, like 99% of the time, I'm like, oh my God, that outfit is so cute. Where did you get it? Sam says quince. You too can upgrade your wardrobe with luxury essentials at unbeatable prices. Quince is here to transform the way you shop with a range of high quality items priced within reach. That's right. They have 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14 karat gold jewelry. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middle person and passes that saving on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Y'all have heard me talk about my leather bag that I use as both a laptop bag and a diaper bag. And I love it because <laughs> love it. <laughs> honestly, it looks really cute in every single circumstance that I use it. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash just break up for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E.com slash just break up to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash just break up. All right, head and heart workers, you know, I'm all about tackling our money shame and becoming fiscally empowered, regardless of how much money we make or how much debt we have. I think it's such a crucial step in our own self-acceptance and empowerment. That's why I love that today's episode is sponsored by Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. With Rocket Money, you can see all of your subscriptions in one place. And if you see something you don't want, you can just cancel it with a tap. You never have to get on the phone with customer service. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple of months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled unwanted subscriptions. And listen, we always talk to you about like conflict styles and open and honest communications, but honestly, save your energy and get Rocket Money to cancel those subscriptions for you. <laughs> Stop wasting yeah. you money. You don't need to practice that. Yeah. <laughs> we don't need to do head and heart work with like customer service representatives. You know what I mean? Like just like... 
Use the middle person. <laughs> Just get Rocket Money in there to help you do what you need to do. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. That's rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. Rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. All right. Welcome back. Uh, thank you, Romantically Challenged, for writing to us. Um, yeah, I mean, I I also just want to, like, name that rejection sucks uh, and that, like, rejection doesn't suck less, <laughs> like, as you go on. <laughs> like, I think it still, like, continues to suck uh, for, by being rejected by somebody that you really like. Um, and so I'm sorry that that happened to you. Um, and and I want to say, again, that, like, like what Sierra said, that that rejection doesn't mean anything more than this person that you were interested in wasn't interested in you, right? Like that's the, that's the, there's a period on the end of that sentence. There's no continuation of, and that means that you are thus undateable, or that means that you are going to be rejected for the rest of your life. So want to just name that explicitly um, while also not like diminishing how much it sucks to get rejected by somebody that you have a big crush on and that you went on a good oh date God. with. And it went well. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And the follow-up text of like, I want to do this again. And this is also just a good, a good remembering that we also don't know what was happening with her. Right. Mm -hmm. Like the story that, that you're choosing to believe is that like she rejected you because you're unlovable perhaps, right? Maybe that's the story that's happening, but there's a ton of other reasons that might be happening there, right? Might be that she yes. is dating someone else that she likes and wants to see where things go, or she just got bad news about something and isn't ready for a relationship, or she just wasn't feeling it. And uh, and it's not, it wasn't working for her, right? Like there's like 27 right. million other things that are playing out here that aren't just about, that are not any indication of your value or your lovability or any of that stuff. Um, and I know that that's like easy to say out loud when you're not the one that's hurting, but I want to say it explicitly because I want you to be able to kind of lean into some of those, some of the reality of the fact that like, we don't know what happened. It doesn't, and it's not anything yes. bigger than just like this particular thing didn't work out in this particular moment. Yes, exactly. I, I want to muse a little bit about what your therapist suggested and what you posed in your letter about like, you know, opening, expanding your dating horizons. I don't know mm -hmm. how else to say that. Um, because I think I would have, if I was in your shoes, um, I think I would probably have similar concerns as you do right now, because I think we get a lot of mixed messaging over settling. I feel like mm -hmm. we are told not to settle that your fucking soulmates out there, that when you're in love, you're going to know you're in love and you're going to feel it. And it's going to feel great from the first moment you see that person. And then we also get mixed messaging that says like, um, you know, we're too picky <laughs> that we, um, sure. exclude people, um, based off of looks or, or we're being, you know, that our, that our set of preferences or our attraction, um, is limiting us to, to connection. And I do agree with that. And also, 
I'm not really sure how to discern the parameters of how to open up your horizons. Mm. Um, I guess if I was in your shoes, the first thing I would tell myself is it's not like you are getting married to somebody you don't love. (laughs) When I think (laughs) of settling, you know, I, I immediately think of people who, um, marry a partner that they are not a hundred percent thrilled with or whatever. Um, and I think that's honestly just because of the way I've seen that play out in like rom-coms, you know what I mean? Or like joked about, you know what I mean? Um, I don't know if I've ever like told my friend they're settling ever, (laughs) nor would I. I don't think I ever have. No. (laughs) Like, I guess I'm like pausing this conversation to say like my understanding of settling is almost exclusively from rom-coms and, TV shows. shows. I think that's right. Yep. Like, obviously, it's a real thing that happens in real worlds, but I think I wanted to pause and point that out to be like, this is yet another proof of like the indoctrination that we get about relationships and romance. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, if we shake that off, if we shake off that like um, manufactured understanding of settling, guess what? If you go on a date with somebody a couple times or you're, you're dating them for a couple months and you're not super attracted to them, I don't necessarily think that's settling. I think that's exploring the bounds of, of attraction and connection that can grow in unexpected places. Like, um, let me alleviate you of some of the intensity that our culture puts on dating and the idea of settling and say like, it's okay to explore and see what grows. You know what I For mean? Sure. Yeah. Cause I think there's like, because of this expectation that like our partner is everything for us as well. Right. Like this idea that we have to be, they have to be perfect in all of these different ways for us. And, and I want to say that there are lots of us for whom immediate physical attraction with somebody is not a priority in a relationship. You know, like there are, there are tons of couples out there where the, where the people are not deeply physically attracted to each other, but the relationship offers things that they're looking for it, whether that's kindness and security or safety or, you know, whatever it might be, good times together or shared interests in this particular thing. And we so often think about relationships having to have attraction at their core or they're somehow yes. like less than than other relationships. But I think, you know, reading Angela Chen's book about uh, asexuality really challenged me about thinking about like, the primacy of sexual attraction and assuming that that is like the foundation of every good relationship, which is absolutely not true. Yes. Um, and I also want to yes. say, you know, you gave this example of, I tried dating someone that I wasn't super attractive to, and then it just never, it didn't work out. And then I broke her heart. And I want to, again, challenge you to say, this isn't necessarily a pattern of what is going to be like if you date people who you aren't immediately attracted to, right? Like that is a thing that happened a time, but that doesn't mean like it's going to happen every time. And yes, super challenging to break up with somebody uh, who really likes you, right? Like, absolutely. Again, like let's talk about the discomfort that comes with having to do that. Like it is, it is not a pleasant experience whatsoever. And like, only going after people who are attractive or you're attracted to doesn't mean that you're somehow going to be safe from 
maybe needing to break up with someone in the future, right? Like, I think that's such a good thing to point out that this isn't you and your inexperience. It sucks all the time. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And like the, the patterns that we see in our sort of like dating experiences are so often not actually patterns. They're just like, oh, that happened once and it was bad. And so now I'm going to avoid doing that ever again. But like some of these things are not, are unavoidable, right? Like some of these things are like, yeah, you're probably going to have to break up with someone again before you find your person, right? Or you're probably going to get rejected again before you find your person. And that's part of the experience of doing this thing called dating, which is like trying people on for size and then seeing if it works. And, and a lot of the time it doesn't. Right. And, and that is really true. I have dated a lot of people (laughs) like, and, and those things just didn't work, but I want to just like set the expectation that like putting ourselves out there, being vulnerable, trying new things, getting to know people is an inherently vulnerable experience and no amount of like careful planning is going to make vulnerability any less open to harm or hurt or heartbreak or discomfort. Right. And vulnerability also unlocks connection and support and love and all of the things that we might be looking for. And that's a perfect segue to just remind you, you're not behind, you are not mm-hmm. abnormal, You, your experience, your storyline is probably more universal than what we see on television or what we see in those rom-coms. Mm-hmm. Um, each of us have a different unfolding in life. And I just want to stress that you are not missing anything that you to me seem like an attractive viable dating person (laughs) you're going to fucking therapy you listen to just break up hot as hell to me if you're asking me (laughs) absolutely Um, jokes aside that is a hundred percent something i would look for it's like i i'm not gonna if i was dating again i wouldn't be interested in what your dating history was in terms of numbers, right? I would be interested in what your lived experience has been and how are you processing that lived experience, the stresses and joys of being a human, of connection and heartbreak. You know, are you in touch with your mental health? Are you working on your communication styles? Are you processing all of the shit that happens to us when we're fucking children? Like Mm -hmm. you- what I'm trying to say is like, you seem really appealing to me. Um, and it does, it does suck to feel different. It does suck to feel insecure and to feel like everybody's getting invited to a party that you've never been to before. Um, but that's your anxiety speaking. I'm, I'm here to try to tell you that like, as valid as your feelings are, your fear is lying to you and that there's connection out there for you that like you don't need to there's no checklist mm. that will lead you to connection that you're missing out on you're doing all of the right things you're showing up in all of the right vulnerable ways mm. and maybe exploring what it feels like to date outside of um immediately liking someone will help you flex that vulnerability muscle Sure. Uh, and I guess the last thing I'll just remind you is like, Sam and I want you to know that it's okay to break up with people. It's okay yep. to 
reject someone if you're not feeling them. It's okay to put yourself out there and be rejected. That That is inherent to all connection, not just new connection, right? Um, I, I'm rejected still to this day, even with friend advances, you know what I mean? <laughs> That's real, um, yeah. Rejection is a part of everyday life because we cannot inherently be for everyone because everyone is not for us, but we see you, we love you. We know that you are worth knowing and worth connecting to. We hope this helps. Absolutely. Thank you so much for writing. We love you. All right, everyone. It is the last episode of the week, which is when we send you home with a blind date. And this is when we try and set you up with something that we think you're really going to like. This week, our blind date is... So it's a three-parter. I was listening to a podcast today by Emily Oster. Emily Oster is my first part one of my blind date. Um, okay, great. She's an economist. She calls her jokingly, she calls herself like the vagina economist because she, um, she basically reads and interprets data about childbirth, pregnancy. Um, mm -hmm. Anyway, so look into her if you are interested in getting pregnant or that you have a child. I was listening to her podcast that's so called Parent Data. And she was interviewing, that's my second blind date, <laughs> listen to that okay, podcast. Uh -huh. um, uh, and sh she was interviewing someone named Pooja Laks Lakshman. Pooja is the author of the new book, Real Self-Care, Crystals, Cleanses, and Bubble Baths Not Included. <laughs> oh, it's like I'm literally holding a crystal a really right great, now. So. <laughs> yeah. The interview was a really great um, podcast. Uh, interview on the podcast with Pooja and Emily just talking about um, the commodification of self-care um, mm. particularly and the and and where it exists in like capitalism like we're told to to go out and buy self-care um, instead of it being like a much more organic and personalized practice of boundaries mm. and um uh, it was specifically talked, it, it was talked about broadly, but they, they zeroed in a lot on parenting and the idea of, um, what we tell parents they can and cannot do to, to get stress relief or whatever. Um, so I just enjoyed the conversation and I requested the book from the library and it's all I got for a blind date today. So y'all are just going to have to read it along with me. <laughs> it was three blind dates. You could have stretched that out for three, three I, different things. <laughs> Yeah, you guys are lucky that I'm <laughs> ill-prepared. <laughs> but to be honest, uh, something in the book really w that made me want to get it from the library, I'm going to talk about in a blind date in an upcoming episode. Oh, excuse me. I'm going to talk something in the book that made me want to request it from the library is uh, the author's approach to boundaries, but I'm going to save it for a check-in topic in a coming week. So okay, I'm not going to tell you about it now. I love that. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. If you would like more content from us, you can always support us on Patreon. If you support us on Patreon for as little as $5 a month, you'll get an additional bonus weekly episode. That's patreon.com slash justbreakuppod. You can slide into our DM, send us your favorite relationship meme, but most importantly, you can submit your questions about all matters of the heart at justbreakuppod.com, which is also where you can find our merchandise. Please remember to like, follow, subscribe, and give us a five-star rating and review. This literally keeps our mics on and helps us reach more brokenhearted souls who need two random strangers giving them relationship advice. Just Break Up is a production of Duvid Media, original music, recording, editing, producing all magical things by Spencer Worth Davis. Make sure to check out his podcast and his 
music, and remember. As much as we are told that there is an escalator of life and relationships, there really isn't. There's no blueprint. Nothing is promised. And at the same time, nothing is expected. We are all too diverse. Our lives are all different. Our unfolding is all different. So you are not behind. You are not lacking. You are perfectly unique. And you are exactly where you need to be. And if all else fails. Just break up.